0: two three breaks
1: down the middle of the field it is caught loose football who's got it down at the one yard line how about that that is the ultimate kibosh (laughs) (laughs) and we are underway Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Action Network NFL Podcast. It is the Week 14 Wednesday show. I'm Matthew Friedman, the Editor-in-Chief of Fantasy Labs. If you want a recap of what happened in Week 13, listen to the Monday show with Chris Rabon and Ian Harditz. With me for this episode are Peter Jennings and Sean Corner. You can follow them at CSURAM88 and the underscore oddsmaker in the Action Network app where you can get real-time odds and track your bets. Peter is a Fantasy Labs co-founder and two-time DFS world champion. And Sean is the Action Network Director of Predictive Analytics and the number one in-season fantasy pros ranker for each of the past three seasons. And joining us is Renee Miller, uh, who I believe was actually one of the first guests on the Fantasy Labs podcast years ago. Uh, Renee is a neuroscientist at the University of Rochester, a.k.a. Rock City, and she's also an NFL and NBA analyst at Rotoworld and The Athletic. You can follow her on Twitter at ReneeMiller01. Renee, how are you doing?
2: Great. Happy week 14 to you
1: guys. Yes, uh, it's good to have you on the show. We're in the home homestretch. Uh, it's the holiday season, the season of giving. And with that in mind, we want to give some free Action Network subscriptions to listeners. Uh, if you want a shot at a free subscription, it's easy. Just follow these steps. Juan, cut a hole in a box. Uh, I'm joking. Juan, follow me, Peter, Sean, Ian Hardens, and Chris Rabon in the Action Network app. Two, rate and review the podcast on iTunes. Three, send a screenshot of the follows and review to podcast at actionnetwork.com. That's plural podcast at actionnetwork.com. Uh, and then listen to to find out if you will be the lucky winner of a free Action Network subscription. With that subscription, you get access to all of our content, including our weekly fantasy rankings, which you can find at actionnetwork.com slash fantasy Okay, let's get into the episode. We're going to look at the guys who right now are popping in our pro models. We're going to think about some players we might want to fade, some games or teams we might be looking to stack, and then we're going to make some pseudo-bold predictions and picks and prop bets. Uh, A 13-game main slate, so lots of players to choose from. Let's start at the quarterback position. And, uh, Renee, I would like to get your thoughts on some of these these quarterbacks. Right now, the quarterbacks who are standing out in our models, there are a number – Uh, But some of the guys who are specifically catching my eye, Ben Roethlisberger uh, on the road at Oakland. Oakland's defense is just a train wreck. Uh, Cam Newton, you have Jameis Winston versus New Orleans in what could be a very high scoring game. Aaron Rodgers going against Atlanta. Atlanta's defense has uh, been problematic all season long. First game without longtime head coach Mike McCarthy. Do any of those guys catch your eye, or is there anyone else on the slate who kind of stands out to you?
2: Yeah, I think Roethlisberger is pretty obvious. I know that um, there are people that still will never play him on the road, but um, I think against Oakland, we can make all kinds of exceptions to that rule. I, I love Winston. I'm a big fan of just about everybody in that game. No arguments with Cam Newton. Uh, it, it's, a, it's a little shocking to see Aaron Rodgers at the price that he's at, 6 k on DraftKings. He's um, coming off a stretch of really tough matchups, so I think this could be an interesting bounce-back week for him, and I think his ownership will probably be pretty close to zero,
1: <laughs> yeah. um,
2: even in the favorable matchup, just because he's it's, it's been so bad. How, how might McCarthy's Firing affects him. I'm not really sure. I mean, they've been together forever. That is kind of another variable um, that might make him a little bit less trustworthy of a play. But I think he's a nice tournament option.
1: Yeah, and at least Philbin is still there as the the play caller, so there is mm-hmm. some offensive continuity.
2: The play calling has been. Mm.
1: Right. Yeah, so maybe it's not a good thing that there's some uh, continuity there. Sean, uh, so we're recording this on Tuesday, uh, early afternoon, uh, Pacific time still in the morning for you. The news is broken about James Connor being out. Uh, I'm wondering how that has maybe impacted And Obviously, we'll talk about running backs in a little bit, but how that has maybe impacted your projection of Roethlisberger in our models, uh, and then just that that game in general.
3: That's good news for Big Ben. Um, I elevated his his touchdown odds. Although we could still see, you know, someone like Stephen Ridley or Jalen Samuels take some goal line carries, but I think it solidifies Big Ben as a multi touchdown QB this week. But you know, I mentioned last week that the Raiders have still only allowed one 300 yard passer all year. Uh, they held Mahomes to 295 yards last week, so. I think it does hurt his ceiling a bit, but you know he's a lock for multiple touchdowns. Right now, I'm targeting Jameis Winston. I just think he's too cheap. Uh, this matchup against the Saints is a great spot on both sides, so I'll probably have a lot of Winston. Patrick Mahomes, he's in a tougher spot this week against the Ravens, but he's matchup-proof. He's at home, and he's only 7K. I don't think he's expensive enough to to fade by any means, so I'll probably have a ton of Mahomes as well.
1: You know, one thing that's interesting, I mean, we've talked about this you know, repeatedly, but the quarterback position, the the salary range is just like really truncated. Like there's not much of a difference between the guys salaried at the top and the guys in the middle, even kind of a little bit lower down. You know, it, it means that there can be like a, a lot of different opinions on where to go. Um, but Pete, I'm, I'm curious about your thoughts of, of like how quarterback pricing fits in with this slate and, and just kind of where you're looking at quarterback right now.
0: Yeah, so on DraftKings, I mean, they've really narrowed the range of pricing um, for the quarterback position. And you can find more significant discounts uh, on FanDuel, which I think is actually a a more skillful thing. Um, You know, on DraftKings, uh, I think it's smart. I mean, historically, we were able to pay down at quarterback and yield some profits. But now with the narrow range of pricing, uh, everyone's pretty, you know, I, I think in general, they're doing a good job with matchups and pricing everyone relatively. And because of the efficiency in the pricing, the narrow range of outcomes and the narrow range of salaries, uh, it's hard to gain a significant edge uh, in cash games. So really, a lot of it comes down to ownership uh, for these tournaments, which is where the majority of action is shifting on DraftKings. So, you know, week by week, it's really figuring out the, the highest ceiling plays, uh, the ones that work best uh, in terms of correlation and then ownership. So this week, I think Mahomes actually stands out quite a bit. Um, you have to pay all the way up to him, and he's going against – the best defense in Baltimore. And Baltimore, you know, just shut down Atlanta in Atlanta, which is very strong. But uh, I think this Chiefs offense can win against any defense. And I think Mahomes will come in super low owned. I think people are going to be attracted to Jameis, who's currently at the top of my model, Ben Roethlisberger, who I think is also a great play, you know, Cam Newton, Drew Brees, et cetera. And I don't think people will be paying up for Mahomes. Uh, but yeah, in terms of just straight equity right now, I, I think it's Jameis for me. But uh, it's certainly close, uh, given the pricing.
1: All right, let's talk a little bit about running back. And uh, last week, the the story of the slate was clearly Spencer Ware as a kind of, you know, like must plug and play uh, in in the wake of the the Kareem Hunt uh, suspension and release. I don't think we're going to have exactly the same thing this week with Jalen Samuels um, or, or Stephen Ridley, but there is this dynamic of once again, we have a running back uh, that people really count on uh, who is no longer on the slate and there are questions about uh, how that impacts Renee early in the week so obviously there's a lot of news that could still break on this but how are you approaching the absence of James Conner and what that might mean for Jalen Samuels or Stephen Ridley?
2: I think some people might actually not buy Samuels this week the way they bought Ware last week because Ware really relative to expectations I think was a little bit of a disappointment not terrible for the price but um relative to people thought he would step right into a 30 fantasy point role in that matchup and on that offense and didn't so there might be a little bit more hesitation with Samuels this week I I think he's probably worth the money I mean the money the 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 salary is so low, depending what, what else you decide to do. I'm a, I'm a fan of paying up for Alvin Kamara this week at running back. So when you're doing that kind of play, it makes sense to balance it with a cheaper guy. And I think he's going to have a decent role.
1: Yeah, so you mentioned Kamar there, uh, definitely someone who's popping in our models. A few of the other guys popping, uh, Philip Lindsay, Kenyon Drake, Jeff Wilson, even those latter three guys are all on the cheaper side. Philip Lindsay is someone who has seen his price escalate or elevate over the last couple of months. Uh, do you have any thoughts on him?
2: I think it's deserved. He's backing it up. his yards per carry is insane. It doesn't look fluky anymore at this point. He's getting enough opportunities. He seems fully healthy. It's, the offense is balanced enough. It just seems like the right fit for him in his skill set. And so I, I don't see it really going anywhere. I think he's still a fine value even as his price rises. And Drake, though, seven carries last week. The, the workload is so low for right. him. Why, why do the models like him so much? Just price.
3: Sean? Why do, uh, why do our models like him? <laughs> the the game flow. Um, you know, they're they're playing the Patriots, so this matchup sets up better for Drake uh in comeback mode. They'll dink and dunk to him. Um and this is this is for DK scoring, so with the full point PPR, Drake gets a little bit of a boost and he's only forty five hundred. But I, I'm probably not gonna be targeting Drake specifically. There's just too much value uh with Samuels, who we mentioned. And Jeff Wilson, I love Jeff Wilson this week. Matt Breida has already been ruled out. Um, and with Jeff Wilson, we we have a little less, it's less of a leap of faith as Jalen Samuels. We already saw how the 49ers intend on using Wilson um, with Breida out and he had eight receptions last week. So he's going to be heavily involved in the passing game, probably a lock for 10 plus carries. So uh, I just like Jeff Wilson a lot more than Samuels, but I'm going to have a ton of exposure to both i think you know they they allow you to spend up at all the other positions so i think they're they're pretty much free squares this week can you talk a little
1: bit more about the projection split first between
3: uh, jeff samuel and and steven ridley i'm still working on that who knows at this point yeah uh, samuel's is definitely going to be the pass catching back so we're we're definitely going to want him on dk ridley he might get one catch uh, if you're lucky, but um with Ridley, you're definitely relying on touchdowns. Samuels probably has a higher ceiling than Wilson. He, you know, Samuels is on a better offense and they're playing the Raiders. Um so there's gonna be more touchdown equity there. I, I could see Ridley being more of a leverage play off of Samuels. Like I said earlier, if he gets a couple goal line uh, touchdowns, um he'll he'll probably be under owned. I think most people will be on Samuels and they're they're correct in doing that. Any other thoughts on any of the other backs in the slate guys
1: who stand out to you? Alvin Kamara, uh, obviously someone who's at the top of our models. Uh, That's
3: deservedly so. That's a smash spot for Kamara at uh, Tampa Bay. His price has come down a little bit. He's struggled the past couple weeks. I think it's two scoreless games in a row now. So I think he's going to bounce back in a big way. Uh, So he's definitely the running back I'm targeting on the uh, expensive side. Yeah. Pete, any thoughts here?
0: Yeah, a lot of thoughts. I mean, obviously, values just completely changed the slate. Um, You know, we Jalen Samlins, like we just talked about, Jeffrey Wilson. I think Samuels is clearly the guy, given his pass-catching role. Uh, He was a tight end in college. Um, I think he'll be leveraged more. I do think Ridley has nice touchdown uh, upside, and Sean made a good point that he's probably just a leverage play. Um, Yeah, Kamara, I mean, I'm jamming him in no matter what. I do think Austin Eckler uh, is really, really nice as well. Uh, I'm getting to Philip Lindsay. I mean, he's right behind uh, Saquon Barkley in rushing yards. Uh, I tweeted this out or retweeted something um, that I think is interesting. I mean, everyone knows that uh, he's been really efficient from uh, yards per carry standpoint, but his overall rushing yards are really starting to climb. So he's right behind Saquon Barkley in rushing yards on 41 fewer carries. Obviously, Saquon's had more success in the passing game and is running behind a really bad offensive line, but uh lindsey's for real and i think he's a nice pivot play again um the only other running back that i think is really interesting is aaron jones uh you know a lot of these guys or at least a couple of them will be under owned given the supreme value we have with samuels and wilson and aaron jones against atlanta i mean that's been a huge flow chart uh guy all year he got lucky to score a touchdown last week uh, in a pitiful game by but running back is absolutely stacked this week and i think there's a lot of nice pivots with high equity in tournaments as well
1: yeah. And Pete to your point about Philip Lindsay, uh next gen stats uh tracks uh what what they call efficiency, but basically a, a runner's north to south ability and and how quickly or how efficient he is as a north south runner. And uh no surprise Lindsay is number one in the league in that category. Uh he just he gets through the line of scrimmage so quickly. Um,
3: and uh, seventeen fewer yards and Barkley rushing on forty one fewer carries. Yeah. I think Vance Joseph was on the record yesterday saying they need to get him more carries. So that's always good. Yeah. Which is uh, impressive uh, for a guy who is his size. Like it it will
1: be exciting to see how long uh, this goes. And if he actually really uh, becomes the long-term lead back there, uh, that would be exciting. Let's talk about the wide receivers. So if there's, there's this ability at running back, to pay down with Jeff Wilson and Jalen Samuels, then it seems as if there's a pretty big opportunity to pay up at wide receiver. Uh, and so I'm wondering if that is kind of the the construction that people are going to, to go with and what that might mean for, for tournaments uh, and, and how people look to leverage that. But Renee, uh, in our models right now, uh, Michael Thomas, Odell Beckham, Julio Jones, those are kind of the expensive guys who are popping. And then uh, players who are a little bit cheaper, Keenan Allen, Emmanuel Sanders, Curtis Samuel. Uh, any thoughts on those guys or really any of the other receivers on the slate?
2: Yeah, well obviously I think um, Michael Thomas is as safe as as you'll get at wide receiver this week. And and you're right, the value at running back completely enables that. It's kind of the it's kind of the opposite of the way a lot of um, successful lineup construction has gone this season where you want to pay up at running back and there's a ton of cheap wide receiver value They're really bottomed out last week <laughs> unless you're on the bills of course um, but no I have no problems with uh, Julio Jones or Odell Beckham I mean high target volume same with DeAndre Hopkins I think someone that stands out that your models didn't generate is Amari Cooper I think he's in a um, interesting spot both a really affordable price range great matchup and really seems to be integrated into the Cowboys offense
1: yeah it's interesting about Amari oh, <laughs> sorry <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. Pete, Pete's over there just silent uh yeah. <laughs> Pete it looks like you're you're living now in a, a different house uh because you had to move because of uh Amari losses uh, anyway <laughs> uh Amari Cooper in our models I, I am curious about um so we, we have a decent sample now, I believe, of, of four games of seeing him in this offense. How projectable do you think he is moving forward? And how, like, how, how confident do you feel in what we've seen so
3: far and what that means for his future? I've always been saying, I, I think I definitely underestimated how good that trade was for him. Um, they were just so thin at receiver that they're they're definitely game playing to get him the ball. So I do like him this week. It, it's a great matchup against the Eagles who you know have a banged up secondary. Uh, he's still he's you know a little bit expensive now, so I think the the price is about right at sixty uh, six hundred. I rather load up on guys like Keenan Allen and DeAndre Hopkins this week. Um, like you mentioned, there's there's so much value at running back that I'm definitely more able to fit in two stud receivers. So Cooper's just kind of lost um, sort of in the middle there for me. Uh, It's still early in in the week, so anything can change. But, um, you know, I I love Keenan Allen at home against the Bengals. It's just a great spot. Um, He's he's pretty cheap. Uh, And DeAndre Hopkins, I think this is a smash spot for him. Um, The Colts haven't allowed a 100-yard receiver since week four, and it was uh, Hopkins himself. He went uh, 10 catches for 169 yards and a touchdown. So – uh, you know, I, I could see a, a huge game from him this week, and he's only 7800 as of right now. So, yeah, he'll still be that price um, come Sunday, but my projections for him will probably uh, slowly creep up. Yeah. Uh, Pete, uh, besides the obvious
1: rostering of Amari, uh, who else are you planning on rostering a wide receiver?
0: I mean, it's not obvious on Amari. I mean, <laughs> um, yeah, he's just – been so frustrating um, but yeah I, I agree with Renee. I mean this is a great spot when I was building some teams he really stood out and I, I, I groaned thinking about all the money I'm going to lose this week uh, either way if I, if I don't play him enough he'll go off and if I do play him too much he'll, he'll be terrible uh, I love Keenan Allen I've been rostering him all year that really paid dividends last week and all the slates he was included um, he's just been getting a ton of volume ever since he complained after that London game uh, they've been feeding him And you just watch the tape. I mean, obviously the Steelers made mistakes having linebackers on him a lot, but his elusiveness and quickness to just get open uh, either, you know, short down the field or, you know, on longer routes uh, is incredible. So I'm going to have a lot of Keenan Allen, love Hopkins, love Emmanuel Sanders, Michael Thomas, uh, and you can fit a lot of these guys. So it's a week where I'm definitely spending up at receiver, giving the running back value. Um, And yeah, I think Michael Thomas is going to be my number one for Sherlock, given the safety Keenan Allen's probably two. And then DeAndre Hopkins. Um, and there's lineups where you can fit all three. Uh, I do love Amari. I do love Emmanuel Sanders as kind of the mid tier plays, but yeah, it's a stacked week. And the other one I should mention, uh, especially if we get the news on Deshaun Jackson, that he's out again, Godwin to me is another elite play. Yeah. Uh, Secondary receivers have just crushed the saints. Uh, Humphreys obviously is a nice play as well.
1: Yeah. I really like that. And that is definitely something to, uh, to keep an eye on. Um, tight end in our models. We have the, you know, the big three, Travis Kelsey, Zach, Ertz, Rob Gronkowski. Uh, and then on the cheap side, uh, Christopher Herndon, uh, who's been a pleasant surprise uh, this year as someone who, you know, went under drafted as a, a fifth round rookie, um, but has, you know, consistently gotten target volume there. Uh, even if he hasn't done a lot with it in, in the jets offense, um, he's, you know, done, I think what any reasonable, a uh, person would expect someone to be able to do within that offense. Uh, so I'm curious, Renee, uh, is this a week, given the value we have at running back, is this a week where you are looking to pay up a tight end or are you thinking you might go cheaper?
2: This is a year that I wish we didn't have to play a tight end most weeks. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, so tight end is not my favorite um, position to think about. Um I don't know that you have to go as cheap as, as Herndon. Um, I, you know, when you see Jets bills, that's going to be a low scoring game. No one would be shocked by a 10 six or worse, um, score at the end of four quarters. Um, so I don't know there, there might be some target values, um, some reception value with Herndon, but I don't think there's a lot of touchdown upside there. Um, Going back to you know when we were talking about Aaron Rodgers and this being a bounce back spot for him, Jimmy Graham is still seeing a ton of targets and he had 11 last week. Um, it didn't really pan out well in the in the final stat line, but I think he's a nice kind of mid range tight end. I'll probably end up somewhere around there, maybe Hooper, maybe Vance McDonald. No argument with the expensive guys. I mean, they're the, they're just like if you have the money, sure.
1: Sean, out of those expensive guys, uh, how are you prioritizing them?
3: Yeah, so, you know, if you want to take Herndon and enjoy your three catches for four yards and zero touchdowns, I'm going to have Travis Kelsey. Uh, I love Kelsey this week. Uh, I'm not scared of the Ravens' matchup. They're pretty vulnerable to tight ends. Yeah. And Kelsey's matchup-proof anyway, so it doesn't even matter. Um, But, you know, I forgot to mention at wide receiver, Curtis Samuel at 4K as well. Um, all this value at running back and you know receiver, I think it's a no-brainer. Spend up on tight end this week. I'm not going to mess with the lower price guys like I usually do. And then the other guy that's you know a little too cheap is Gronkowski at 4,800. Getting Gronk at that price uh, is pretty tempting. So uh, for me, it'll be a ton of Kelsey with um, some Gronk sprinkled in.
0: Yeah, I agree with John completely. Um, I think this is a week where probably want to spend up uh, Herndon is ranking high in the model I'm not going to play too much of him it's going to be a mix of Kelsey Gronk and Ertz uh, maybe some Cameron Brait on uh, some Jameis stacks but uh, those three guys I think you want to prioritize in a big way uh, Dallas does have fast linebackers and has been doing a good job uh, against tight ends but uh, Ertz is uh, I think somewhat matchup proof uh, and I agree on the price on Gronkowski Although he doesn't look right. I mean, he was hobbling around last week. Uh, he's got just all sorts of entries uh, across the board. So that's the concern. But I'll take the price savings and hope he pops into the end zone. Uh, safest play for sure is Kelsey.
1: Sean, random question. Um, shooting from the hip, set odds on whether this is Gronkowski's last year?
3: Um, Yes, plus 200, no, minus 300. Uh-huh. Pete, how would you bet that? <laughs> uh, we well, have to think about. It. So those are good odds, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I man, <laughs> Renee. At
0: some point, he's got to start really revaluing his body. I mean, I think it depends. Like, if the Patriots win the Super Bowl, that probably makes him more likely to retire. Yeah, I, I would take. Uh, you think that he plays another year? And you get, yes. uh, you have to lay minus three hundred. That's why I'm thinking about it. Exactly. He- exactly. Okay. Yeah, Yeah, I'll take I'll take that uh he, he doesn't retire still, but it's
1: that's a good line. Yeah. Renee. Uh
2: I'll take that he retires because I think he should. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> yes, and, and people always I'm do the what they should. Yeah.
3: <laughs> what uh, should happen
1: okay let's talk about uh either expensive players or players you think might be popular that you would be comfortable fading obviously it's early in the week so this is kind of a a tougher question but uh renee anyone on the kind of expensive end who catches your eye is someone you think like you know what i would be like totally fine just staying away from that person this week
2: i think Tyreek Hill kind of fits that bill i think he can disappear at times and this isn't a good matchup he's one i probably will have I don't know, maybe not no exposure to, but one that I'd be okay fading. I guess maybe I'd even put Julio Jones in that category. I know earlier I said I don't really have a problem with him, but the way that Atlanta's offense has looked the past few weeks, um, it's a little skimpy. Uh, So Julio is probably another one that I would be okay with not having any exposure to.
1: Mm
2: -hmm. I'm close on saying that about Mike Evans, but I think it's got to get better at some point.
3: Sean, what about you? Any, anyone catch your eye, someone you want to avoid? Um, so I don't want to avoid him. I'm not comfortable fading him. I don't have one bad thing to say about him, but Philip Lindsey, um, just to pivot to Austin Eckler, who I think people might um, avoid too much this week. Uh, this is the second game where he's disappointed when Melvin Gordon's out. Uh, Justin Jackson looked really good. So I think people are going to avoid Eckler, um, and he's the same price as Lindsay, So I think Lindsay's going to eat up most of the ownership at the 6,300 range. You know, Eckler's the kind of guy, um, he's at home against the Bengals. He doesn't need that many touches to go off, and he seems like a lock for 15-20 if Melvin Gordon misses again. Um, so he has massive upside that price. You know, it's more of a pivot play than, mm-hmm. you know, me thinking that Lindsey has any, uh, you know, negative thing I can pick on. This is more of just a leverage play. Yeah.
0: I'm going to play Michael Thomas and cash every single place I can, but there's definitely scenarios where the running backs just go ham, Kamara and Ingram and the same thing. I mean, he's literally the top guy. I'm going to jam into cash games, but as a leverage play, I don't mind fading him and going to any of these top end guys. We already talked about Hopkins and Allen, probably get a little more leverage on someone like Devonte Adams, uh, who after the coach firing, I think could be really nice um, you can make a case for Julio in that same game who just played a, a terrible game. It the worst game of the season versus Baltimore. I do think you can get some nice leverage there. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm done calling guys. I want to fade for sure. Just given, uh, how bad I've been at doing that all season. Christian yeah. McCaffrey two weeks ago in particular, who I ended up playing a lot of, but yeah. That's well, the, there's some good leverage this week for sure.
1: Yeah. Well, you're you're not the guy who, like, wrote an article talking about how Antonio Brown is falling off a cliff and then had him go off for, like, the best game of his uh, season. So, at least you're not <laughs> my, that guy. My
0: good buddy, uh, Borders Road, Wilson One, has uh, ever – yeah, he's he's really started coming after uh, us in the Action Network. And, uh, Matt, you were the, the next victim in line after the Antonio Brown.
1: It's fine. I still feel I'm on the right side of it, uh, even after that game. Let's talk about – some of these teams or some of the games we might be looking to stack. So, the games that are standing out in our live odds page at the Action Network uh, Saints at Bucks, obviously, uh, highest total game on the slate, 56 points. Ravens at Chiefs, 53 points. Steelers at Raiders, 51 and a half points. All of those are games that uh, we've touched on in some capacity. Uh, are there any games other than those, any kind of non obvious games that stand out as ones that you think have a potential to shoot out? Uh, maybe have, has a team that you would be looking to stack, Renee? Uh,
2: I, think, I think one that's pretty interesting is Caroline Cleveland. Um, we haven't talked about the Browns at all, but I think they're kind of a sneaky, um, a sneaky stack. Uh, Caroline has been a team that you can throw on. We saw Landry finally kind of get back on track last week, Higgins had a decent game. So I think that um, the Browns could be a – somewhat of a sneaky team to stack. But overall I think that game's gonna be productive for fantasy. It's relatively high scoring. I think forty seven is the line and, and really narrow spread. So
1: mm-hmm.
3: Sean, what do you think? Uh yeah, I, I love that call. Um that, that was a game I was targeting as a sneaky stack stackable game as well. Um I think you know the uh Saints Buccaneers game is the most obvious game stack there is so I don't need to go in depth on that one. But I think uh you know the the underlying game that I think could have the most shootout potential is the Falcons Packers. Um, I actually have the line for this game, the total being closer to 52. Um, so I, I'm not sure why it's at 49 right now, but I think it's going to, it's going to sneak up uh, by Sunday. Um, both teams basically have nothing to play for very disappointing season. So I don't see why they just don't air it out um, and, you know, sort of vent their frustration. By just going ham and airing it out, there's really no reason for either team to hold back here. So uh, I love this game as a sneaky uh, potential shootout. And, you know, there's plenty of stacking options on both sides here. Pete, what do you think? Yeah, I agree. I think both those games are
0: are really enticing. Um, In general, this week uh, could be uh, a really good game stack week. Uh, The Kansas City Ravens game also has a high total mostly because of the Chiefs. We'll see what happens with the Ravens, but uh, I could see Lamar Jackson and a lot of these Chiefs being a pretty nice play. Um, the game that I think is sneaky uh, that I think has more upside than people realize, and the total's already starting to come up, is the Broncos at 49ers game. Uh, the Broncos just lost their second best defender or maybe arguably their best defender in Chris Harris to a broken leg, which is just brutal given how well they're playing now. Uh, and San Francisco has been all right. I mean, Mullins is definitely not a great quarterback, but at home, uh, getting Marquise Goodwin back from the, the personal reason issue that he was having. And the Broncos offense, we already talked about Philip Lindsay, Cortland Sutton finally had his big game that I've been waiting for all year. Emmanuel Sanders is in a good place. Uh, so I could see this game being a, a sneaky shootout that uh, is going to be really low-owned outside of Wilson and Lindsay. So if you attack the passing game here, I think you get some pretty nice uh, ownership.
1: Interesting. Let's get to the sort of pseudo bold call, your non obvious pick. I need to come up with the actual like title of what we're doing with this section, but one pick, one situation you like uh, for a game and then one for fantasy. And uh, Renee, let's start with you.
2: I'll revisit Amari Cooper. I don't know how that's oh, no,
1: oh no, Renee. That,
2: that's not bold no. enough. I'll take. Um, do that, that's, it, bold. I'll take that's, that's
1: bold. That's, that's bold. <laughs>
2: I'll take Gallup. Uh, Cause I think he's, He's trending upwards also. So, Dallas pass catcher. How about that vagueness?
1: Yeah, that's good. That's good.
2: Um, one game situation. Um, there's a few things, a few lines that surprised me a little bit this week. I'll take, um, stick with Dallas, and I'll take um, Philly and Dallas over, but I think the Eagles win on the road.
1: Uh
3: huh. Sean, what do you think? What you got? Uh, for real life, I already touched on it, but this. Packers-Falcons game will go over 60 points. I would definitely take the, the 49 while you still can. I know it's getting pounded, but I, I just don't see how the odds makers don't push this over 50. Uh, again, with, with teams with nothing to play for, usually that, that favors the offense as the defense can let up a little bit. Um, and I already looked at the weather report. It, it should be freezing-ass cold, but um, no snow showers or anything in the forecast. So I think it should be a pretty clean uh, weather game at Lambeau. Um, And for DFS, Austin Eckler will be a top five running back on the main slate. And I'm not even going to throw in the caveat that Melvin Gordon has to sit because uh, with Eckler, it just doesn't really matter. Um, He tends to have his biggest games when Gordon's in. So, but, you know, I I love, uh, again, earlier um, I mentioned, I love Eckler this week if Melvin Gordon's out. Um, He has a ton of upside um, and at 6,200, you know, decent price this week.
1: Yeah. And uh, Sean, I'm looking at a a book right now and the line uh, has moved to 48 and a half. So uh, all the more incentive to to jump on it.
3: Yeah. So it's going down. Yeah. It's, it's weird. That's hovering there. I think it'll, it'll end up breaking 50 come Sunday. Yeah. Uh, Pete, what do you got?
0: I'll stick with everything. I mean, I already called, uh, I think this game has sneaky shootout potential. It's my Broncos. I'll say the Broncos win by two touchdowns. Cortland Sutton catches two touchdowns, and the total goes over 55 points. So, all the bias, all my guys, and uh, I hope Marquis Goodwin also has a really big game.
1: Nice. Uh, Okay, for for the game, uh, the Chiefs opened as nine-point favorites. This spread has dropped to six and a half, even though they've gotten 65% of the tickets and 62% of the money. So there's some pretty significant reverse line movement through the key number seven in favor of the Ravens. And uh, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if this actually happens, but I'll be bold and say like they get the outright win. Like I think the Chiefs are vulnerable enough on defense, especially on the ground. And I think the Ravens will just like run, run, run with Lamar Jackson and uh, his cadre of backs, look to control the clock. And then on defense, you know, I think they're strong enough uh in DVOA and maybe they get some you know lucky turnovers, but they're you know they're pretty strong against the run and the pass. Uh and then the Chiefs have a big game in week 15 on Thursday night football against the Chargers. Uh so this could be a look ahead spot against a non-divisional opponent uh that they kind of underestimate. Uh and then for fantasy, uh I'm going with Jalen Samuels. Uh like him a lot. Versatile skill set uh used all over the formation in North Carolina State a halfback, fullback, inline tight end, slot receiver. Um, you know, he has lead back size, underrated athleticism for his size. I think he's the most talented player in the backfield with Connor out uh, and maybe even with Connor in. I don't want to really say that. But uh, anyway, so I like his matchup. Uh, I think he gets into the end zone twice. So that will be my uh, prediction. Uh, I might say away from his yardage props, but I like his touchdown chances, which uh, brings us to the prop betting segment of the show in which the odds maker sets lines for us. A reminder, Sean's projections power the Fantasy Labs models, uh, as well as our Props tool, which aggregates the player props from online sportsbooks, compares them to Sean's projections, and shows you which bets provide the most value. This season, the props with a bet quality of 10 have gone 207, 92, and 11. Good for a hit rate of 67%. Be sure to check out the Props tool at Fantasy Labs for subscribers
3: only. Sean, what props do you have for us? All right, so we're starting it off. Uh, with Drew Breeze versus Jameis Winston, who will score more DK points this week? Breeze Winston. Do
2: we, do we get to know this time uh, how you guys are all doing with the prop bets?
1: So that is uh, a good question. Uh, Scott, <laughs> Scott, the intern turned producer, uh, has just recently uh, had a baby. Or rather, I should say his wife just recently had a baby. So he normally keeps track of all of this. But he hasn't been able to uh to send us our updated standings. Although I imagine that uh you know, Sean being Mr. Organization over there probably has all this information on his own, but uh maybe he doesn't. I don't know. Sean, do you have that? Uh,
3: right. No, I I didn't put in the time to get the exact total, but I think <laughs> I crushed last week. Yeah, I,
1: I think that. I think you've been doing well lately. Yeah, so, I think.
3: yeah. Sean's trending.
0: Yeah, yes, I've exactly. been down the whole year. Friedman's <laughs> trying to hang on to an uh, elite start.
3: Yeah. Uh all right.
2: It's
1: <laughs> all, right.
3: all it's all going downhill for me as the season progresses. <laughs> um because so, 'cause I'm learning how to uh shave numbers off you guys. Um so Aaron Rodgers, total passing yards this week um at home against Falcons post the Mike McCarthy era. Um over under two hundred and seventy five and a half yards. Over. Over. Y'all go over. (laughs) Um, And then uh, I had to audible this one after last night, uh, but Mark Sanchez passing yards at home against the giants over under two eighteen and a half. and a
2: half under
3: over Chris Thompson's back. Uh,
1: Yeah, I will say under, but I don't feel, I don't have a strong conviction on it.
3: Yeah. I mean, he's 4k. I'm not saying play him, but you know, he is pretty cheap this week. So, wouldn't be surprised if he's on some, like, GPP-winning team somehow. I have a bonus prop this week. Will there be any non-QB passing touchdown in week 14? No. <laughs> That's a good one. I'm going to say, Here, here's a question.
1: What if it's a quarterback on a special team's play? Like a quarterback holding. Doesn't, doesn't
3: count. Or a quarterback
2: no. throwing to it, like, the
3: back. Yeah, it takes no count. Yeah, uh, he counts as a quarterback. And, you, like, if a guy – if a backup QB is the holder and they do a fake field goal and throws throws a touchdown, that's still no. Um, so, any non-QB. Okay. I say no. I say no.
0: I say no, but I want to say yes.
1: <laughs> Have you done research that shows that later in the season, teams are likelier to do kind of crazy
3: trick plays from, like, special teams formations or things like that? I did not put that much research into this, but I did see that half the weeks there has been a non QB passing touchdown. Uh-huh. So I, I, it's pretty close to 50 yeah. 50. Uh, and then, you know, there's no teams on by, so I think it's probably a little bit more likely. So I'll, I'll gladly take all the, no action I can yeah. on this. Um, so moving to running back, um, I, I seem to not be able to set the line high enough on this guy, but. Philip Lindsay rushing yards at San Francisco this week, over under 85 and a half. Over.
2: Under.
3: Over. Austin Eckler, um, this is if Melvin Gordon's ruled out, over under 83 and a half total rushing and receiving yards. Under. Over. Over. All right. And Jalen Samuels, total rushing and receiving yards, over under 52 and a half. I have a question: How much did you inflate that line from when
1: you originally <laughs> had it in your head when the show started? Four yards. Okay. Yeah, but that is going to be a very volatile projection. Yeah. This also, week. So I'll I definitely the, need some help. Yeah, I'll
3: take the over, Pete. You you said over, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. And Renee, you went over. Yeah, I
0: think receiving is where he has a lot of equity.
3: All right, moving to receiver, uh, Freeman's boy Antonio Brown, <laughs> total receiving yards at the Raiders. Uh, over under 87 and a half over just over, <laughs> over? What are you, how are you you said you just still felt good about it how can you say i over? still
1: feel good about the long he's getting he's getting volume i still think he's training downhill but he's such a volume beast right now that it's uh it's impossible to overlook that i'm
0: taking over Oh, over. last week was a perfect recipe though like big ben and uh, big ben and antonio brown if you combine like i, I need to look it up but like
1: Home prime favorite in prime time. time. It was, <laughs> yeah, it was
0: those worst. two things like all that together. Just they have yeah. to just have ridiculous numbers over the last yeah. three or four years.
3: Yeah. Um, Curtis Samuel, uh, total rushing and receiving yards at Cleveland. Uh, I mentioned earlier, I'm pretty high on this week, and he's super cheap. So I need you guys to either talk me off the ledge with him or uh, make me feel good about this projection. But, um, over under 55 and a half. I'll go under. Yeah, I'll go under 2 mean median situation. I
0: think that's uh maybe a little low for his mean, but uh, median-wise I'll I'll take the under.
2: I love him a lot when I look at him compared to DJ Moore in terms of DFS play, but I'll I'll go with those guys and go under.
1: The big thing is I don't believe that he's going to be getting 11 targets again. You know, like I think he's yeah. going to be closer to like the eight. 6 to 8 range and like maybe even yeah. closer to like 5. I yeah. love to
0: look at like how many big. He's had a lot of big plays. Obviously, I remember the reverse specifically, but he's a big play specialist. I know last week was a little bit of anomaly with all the volume, but when I think about him, I think about when his big games are very correlated with like one specific big play.
3: Yeah, and like last week, I had him really suppressed because everybody was healthy. Uh, but now that Olson's out, I think it could open up some uh, you know underneath routes or something. So, so I definitely like him this week, and he's super cheap. So even with my Pretty modest projection. He's popping in my model, so yeah. Um,
1: and one thing is, it's good to see that even with the return of Devin Funches last week, that really didn't cap the potential for DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel. Like both of those guys were still getting their snaps and running routes and getting targets.
3: Yeah. Last but not least, Larry Fitzgerald. Uh, Christian Kirk was placed on IR, so um, the uh, wide receiver depth chart behind Fitz is pretty bare. So I, I think he's a pretty high floor uh play this week, but um right now I have his receiving yards at fifty-two and a half.
2: It's so gross.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I hate taking these old guys at the end of the
0: year.
1: Yeah. Yeah Later, this is usually- Larry Fitzgerald,
0: I guarantee you as we're recording this is at Whisper Rock right now, just freaking hitting it off.
1: <laughs> uh <laughs> I'm,
3: I'm gonna take the under.
0: Uh, yeah, Darius Slay will be on him probably a good bit. I'll take the under.
2: I'll go over for you.
3: All right, moving on to tight end. Um, Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey versus the top tight end score on the main slate. Travis Kelsey plus four and a half. And the uh, top score on the main slate is minus four and a half. So you get every other tight end. Every other tight end. And this uh, this is like the first week we, we have Ertz, Tittle, and Gronk on it. I'll take every other tight end. Same. Yeah, I will too. Actually, here's here's a question. Not that
1: I think this is going to factor in, but um, are we giving Jalen Samuels tight end eligibility?
3: No, no that that's that's only for like season long. Yeah. Yeah, you know, yeah, so yeah. Like Yahoo, I think is the only set that has most of there. But no, DFS, right. of course, of course. Just, just wanted just yeah. wanted to check. Next up, David Joku. Last week, he he really put up a dud. Uh, three catches for eight yards. I'm having a rough rough time trying to project them. Over under 40 and a half receiving yards at home against the Panthers this week. I'll go over another mean median situation for
1: me.
2: So you went under.
1: Yeah. Pete Pete went under. I'm going over Carolina. I think like they allow the most uh, receiving yards in the league to tight ends. And I mean, I I don't know. It's obviously dependent on how many targets they choose to give him. But I think like they are just so clearly exploitable by tight ends that that will probably enhance his target value volume.
2: And I just want so badly to believe in him that um,
3: right. <laughs> <it'll be over.
2: laughs> it should be there. He yeah. should, have I mean, he's like two yeah. touchdowns every week.
3: All right. Like I mentioned earlier, I think this is the, definitely the week to just pay up at tight end and not deal with these types of guys. Um, but definitely on the uh, min price side, guys like Matt LaCoste and Ian Thomas, I think you could go with either one of those. So, who do you guys think will score more DK points, Matt LaCoste or Ian Thomas? They tie Lacoste. at zero.
2: LaCoste. <laughs> Ian Thomas, because at least he's getting some targets, and I I do like that game a lot.
3: Yeah, did, all, did Lacoste, uh go scoreless last week? Did he? Did he? Didn't like he didn't get a catch, right? Yeah,
1: I think he had one target, right? Maybe one oh, target, zero catches. catches. Yeah, yeah, I will go with Thomas. I think he has a higher probability of scoring a touchdown too. Go oh, so. Broncos, baby! Renee, your articles, you have articles that come out each week. Uh, What pieces of yours should people look to check out this week?
2: Well, Tuesday, I have my sort of intro to the week uh, based on Vegas uh, lines and spreads, games to target, games to avoid, that kind of thing. Gives a nice sort of broad vision for the week. And then I have bargains on wednesday and fades on friday those are all at roto world and then i do kind of a unique piece uh at the athletic that comes out friday morning they call it brain games it's got some cognitive bias stuff thrown in we're going to switch it up a little bit for the playoffs so that's um that's always a fun one too
1: everyone be sure to check that out that stuff sounds great And that is going to do it for this episode of the Action Network NFL Podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the pod for all of our upcoming episodes. For Peter Jennings, Sean Corner, and Renee Miller, I'm Matthew Friedman, Matt F. The Oracle. See you again next episode.